The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. We're going to talk next about this new plan that the government is introducing with the very noble aim of cutting transport carbon emissions. There isn't anyone out there listening right now who doesn't want to do that. We all want to do it and we all want to make sure we play our part, whether that will be an electric car or installing a heat pump or putting PV panels on your roof to generate your alone electricity. All of these things are what the public are really keen to do and are, are doing right now. But Eamon Ryan says, no, it's not enough. You, you, I know we need to do more, but we need to get people out of their cars. And everyone says, yes, that's a good idea, Eamon. We're with you. But here's the rub. They're looking at ways in which they can really stop you from coming to the urban centres of Ireland by doing things like minimum parking charges. They already exist. Hate to break it to you. They're called car parks. Um, Ending free workplace parking, which is a big thing in the public sector, not so much in the private sector where people have to pay for their parking anyway. And they're looking at maybe introducing what they're calling marked cordons. And a marked cordon is effectively the congestion charge that you'll hear people talking about in London. That's very effective there. But they have a thing called the underground, uh, which makes getting around London rather straightforward if you don't have a car under your backside. The question that I'm asking you, the News Talk listener this evening, is how is this going to impact you? If you live somewhere where a bus stops outside your door and brings you straight to your work, great. But if, like most people in Ireland, you are reliant on a car to get you from A to B, or at least A to B if there's a public transport option, are you going to be massively out of pocket? And is it feasible for you to abandon your car? Let us know what you think, because lots of people have been getting in contact with the programme ahead of the discussion. Uh, Yes, target small businesses trying to get by by charging for on-street parking. Another success for the Greens. Most Towns have some form of on-street parking. It's getting easier with the app. Um, If we got rid of it in small, tiny little towns or maybe introduced a nominal fee, is that going to end your business? Probably not, but it's not going to help it. And another texter says, I live in in rural Tipperary where there is one bus per week (laughs) from my village to the nearest town, which is 25 kilometres away. How can I live without my car? But build another runway at Dublin Airport, deep in Dublin Port because planes and cruise ships, well, they're all carbon neutral, aren't they? Says that texter. Let's uh, bring in our guest to talk about this. Uh, John Fitzgerald, former chair of the Climate Change Advisory Council. John, good good evening to you. Uh, Good evening. Um, This is the direction we should be heading in. There's no denying that. But at the same time, hitting people with the stick before you give them the carrot is not the way you're going to bring the public with you. Well, uh, we haven't seen what the the details of the plan yet. It's still to be published. Um, It sounds as if it it's been more designed by engineers than by people who deal with how real people behave, uh, economists, sociologists. I think you you have to deal in the real world with how people behave. Undoubtedly, we have to um, re- reduce um, use of cars in cities. But uh, reducing, there's talk of trying to reduce the number of cars on the road. I don't think it's realistic are necessary are necessary in terms of climate change in rural areas, um, like your listener who in Tipperary and the bus passes once a week, that person can't do without a car. The answer is that car should be an electric car, and the bulk of kilometres driven by cars tend to be in rural areas. And if you're in a rural area and you have an electric car, 
um, uh, your, uh, uh, your, uh, as they decarbonize electricity, you won't be doing too much damage to, 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 to the climate. Um, and if you're driving on uncongested roads, you're not doing too much damage to anybody else. So I think that targeting um, or trying to persuade and help people in rural areas to buy electric cars, the latest data suggests that actually you will save money over the lifetime of the car, because if you, especially if you drive longer distances. The problem is how we make our cities, in particular Dublin and Cork, work. And the answer is public transport rather than commuting by car. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to provide the public transport and then you've got to um, persuade people to stop using their cars. Um, so uh, the progress uh, is slow on the public transport. Um, bus connects needs to be rolled out and um, the, the see, delayed on, metro. You, there's two words, John, you've put two words into the conversation that are already proving hugely contentious in both Dublin and Cork, bus connects. Um, and even if bus connects was to succeed and, and the, the, the system worked and we had a fleet of modern environmentally friendly buses, um, we'll still have the conundrum of people who don't live in a town who may want to get to that town to get a bus to the city and they've nowhere to park their car because we don't have park and ride facilities. There's one in Cork. If I had to use it, I'd have to drive across the city to get to it, which defeats the purpose. And it's the same in Dublin, that public transport is great if you have access to it, but if you have to drive to get that public transport, you're still goosed. Um, I think there is a problem with long-distance commuting and the pandemic has probably made things worse, that people have moved out of Dublin and then want to come back and drive into Dublin two or three days a week. And that is a disaster from an environmental point of view. Um, uh, But the idea of park and ride is a good one. Like, I was surprised driving to to Monaghan that when you turn off the M1, um, um, and I wasn't able to go by bus, turning off the M1 in my car um, onto the road taking you to Monaghan, there are a large number of cars parked there. Already people are parking and clubbing together um, to drive to Dublin or whatever. So uh, I think that uh, uh, putting emphasis on that, you want to keep cars out of Dublin. Um, um, and the, the park and ride will be one way of dealing with that. I think long term, like the current policy is to make life hell for drive, driving in Dublin and drive cars out that way. I'm disinclined to do it that way. I'd much prefer to charge people as they do in London. And if you have to drive, go in, you pay for going in. Um, you can actually drive uh, much, spend much less time driving because cars are squeezed out. So, yes, when you really need to use the car, but not for commuting um, yeah, and charging first rather than making life hell. How much of this is directed, do you think, at the public sector where perhaps, and we know there's, what is it? I can't remember the figure off the top of my head. You might be able to remember the number of public sector parking spaces there are in Dublin city centre for people who drive in every single day. Uh, park for free and drive home. Is, is, are they the, the targets of this particular discussion, do you think, rather than the person going in to do a bit of shopping? Um, uh, I, I think it's people, and it's not just public sector, it's private sector. If you, if you walk around the city and look at the, the, the ways down into underground garages and look at where the buildings, who, who's in the building, an awful lot of it is private sector. But definitely yeah, public sector workers. But then you're always going to have exceptions like Nurses in St. James's Hospital, um, um, where they're getting off late at night 
are starting at six in the morning, you're going to have cases where where people out of hours working um, uh, uh, cars, either that or a taxi are, are more efficient. And maybe the taxis are the way to go. But then taxis take up space on the road too. So, um, and, and now they're trying to begin to move car, uh, taxis onto uh, becoming electric. Um, mm. But it, it, like, I think the plan must deal with how people actually really work rather than how engineers think they ought to work. Correct. I mean, this is supposed to be about a just transition. And if you penalise one section of the community above others, it's not that just and people would call it out for what it is. Just some of the messages that have come in, John Fitzgerald. Absolute virtue signalling at its finest, says this listener. Yet again, the motorist gets hit by the Green Party. That's fine. I'll stay out of towns, spend all my money online, watch the cities empty out and look abandoned. Bring in things like higher fees for tolls and congestion charges, says another listener. It's the high brass in my company who get the free parking spot, so don't really feel sorry at all if they have to pay for it. Uh, And this, to your point, John, I'm a shift worker in hospital. There's no way I'd be able to afford to pay for my parking every day, yet there's no public transport near where I work. It's a complete mess. And even if you look at Temple Street Children's Hospital, and I've covered this story a lot over the years, of nurses who are finishing a shift in the morning time and the paid parking company comes in, they mightn't have had the money on, they come out to find their car clamped. Like, those nurses need to be given an option. There is no one-size-fits-all. And if the government suggests there is, then we're on a hiding-to-nothing with this. However, um, public transport does work. Like, my daughter arrived in uh, at the airport uh, yesterday, and I looked at the M50, and it would take forever to drive around the M50. And she looked at the M50 and a taxi, and it turned out to be 10 minutes slower to take the bus into town and take the Lewis out with her suitcase. And then I picked her up from the Lewis. So the public transport does work in certain cases in Dublin. Don't be too negative on it. And if we can make it work better, then it can be the fast way of getting there. For me, um, I was in town this morning taking the Lewis, walking down to it and walking back. Um, I much prefer to take public transport, all, even though I'm 73, because it's faster um, than driving. So I'm fortunate where I live on the Lewis. We need to expand and uh, in, in, on certain routes like the 46A route in Dublin. That's a good route. The buses are fast, plentiful and so on. So it's rolling out bus connects um, and making it work. Um, but there are certain defects with the way the buses are working at present where buses disappear off the, uh, don't turn up when they... The disappearing enter. buses. <laughs> yeah, the disappearing. That's that's probably, a, you can do another programme of the disappearing buses. But oh, I'm make sure public transport work. That's the answer. Yeah, but it doesn't go beyond my point though that if you have to drive somewhere to get the public transport, you have to have somewhere you can leave your car. And we know they've tried to do this. So every time they did this um, in Dublin and Cork. Uh, you have these massive car parks built at train stations that very few people use because the cost ends up being exorbitant because you're being charged the equivalent or more of your ticket and your fare in. I mean, the one thing that did work in the last 12 months, John, was the reduction in the cost of public transport. You saw what they did in Germany where they actually made public transport free or made it a nominal charge. I mean, that would go a lot way, no. a long way towards fixing the problem, wouldn't it? 
No, the evidence is for Germany, it was an, if, you, if you're concerned about climate change, it was an incredibly expensive way of dealing with climate change um, uh, because it did shift people. But a lot of the journeys, like Derek Scully in the Irish Times wrote about a guy who decided uh, from Berlin, oh, it's cheap to go to Magdeburg. I'll go to Magdeburg uh, for the day for fun. Um, and the train was full of people going for fun to Magdeburg and it, people <laughs> who had to go couldn't get on it. So it is not, we have reduced public transport fares here and we need to assess whether it works. Um, some reduction, definitely it can switch some traffic, but that is not, it is not the price of public transport. It's public transport that works is what matters. And it's okay. getting people from A to B fast. Yeah, rather than talking consistently about what it's going to cost you if you sit into your car. John Fitzgerald, former chairman of the Climate Change Advisory Council. Thanks very much for joining us. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.